This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host here, Tyler Hurley. Robbie Lashua is actually going to be absent from this episode because he is on vacation currently. So I'm here to kick off a brand new series with you guys. Super excited to dig into it. This is called Counterfeit Jesus. And now what's super cool about this series is Robbie and I, over the next few weeks, are going to be talking about different ideas that are out there that are contrary to the true Jesus, hence the name counterfeit, right? Counterfeit Jesus. So we are going to be talking about Mormonism specifically today. That's what we're going to be starting with. Um, And there's so many different ideas out there, and so... It's just important that we as Christians know how to navigate through the culture and through false claims of who Jesus is by comparing what we have in Scripture of what Jesus says about himself and what the gospel writers also say about him. So with that, this is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, so I'm going to start you guys off with a coffee tip. Now, this coffee tip I think is really interesting personally. I think, because it comes from my personal preference. I find it interesting, but Mormons do not drink coffee. So a a lot of you probably already knew that. Mormons do not drink coffee. It's in Doctrine and Covenants where they get this theology from, and it's something that the church has adapted into their belief system over the years. So with that, Mormons do not drink coffee, but you might find it interesting that one of the best places that I have ever been to for coffee is Jack Mormon Coffee Shop in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, Robbie, I think, would agree with me on this, too. Uh, he and I went there together on a mission trip a few years ago. But in at Jack Mormon Coffee Shop in Salt Lake City, Utah, they know exactly how to roast their coffee beans. Like They just do such an excellent job with it. And they take special care and attention to the minerals in their water that are being used to brew their coffee. Now, I would recommend their cold brew if you go there, because their cold brew, I personally think, is what they do really well, the way they extract the bean and the way they use their water. But everything that they have there is good. I have tried multiple things from Jack Mormon Coffee, and I would seriously recommend you guys, if you are in the Salt Lake City area, please check it out. I would really recommend it. Um, It's just super cool, too, because not only do they sell coffee, but they also have a little gift shop where they sell... Uh, chocolate-covered coffee beans, they sell t-shirts, mugs, and it's kind of funny because they have their slogan and logo on everything, and their slogan at Jack Mormon Coffee is that they are in search of the celestial bean. And again, that's bean, B-E-A-N, bean, like coffee bean, in search of the celestial bean, which is really funny because you think uh, Mormons out there are in search of the celestial being, right? Like meaning God. And so that's really funny. Uh, Obviously, the owners of that shop are not Mormon because of the name Jack Mormon is kind of the play on words there with uh, um, Celestial Bean. You also see that in their slogan. So uh, it's just a super fun, cool environment of a coffee shop for you guys to check out. Uh, Again, if you are in the Salt Lake City area, check out Jack Mormon Coffee Shop. You will not regret it. It's probably one of my favorite coffee shops Ever actually, I, I can't think of too many places I've been to that top that. So make sure you check it out. 
Now, we are going to get into the topic for today. Uh, the topic is going to be focused on counterfeit Jesus out in other cults and religions. And I want to walk you guys through the process of looking into these claims for yourselves through starting with the lens of Mormon theology. Now, there's a lot of confusion out there for many people because there's so many different religions that teach different theology about who the real Jesus is. And so we are going to pick apart those statements throughout this series, and we're going to show you guys how they are counter to what Jesus says about himself in Scripture and to what we learn about him through the gospel writers and throughout the New Testament. So to open up with this, I think just to open up with the series in general— I wanted to share a tweet from Dr. Frank Turek that he had posted on November 30th. That tweet says, Whatever you currently believe about Jesus of Nazareth, you owe it to yourself to investigate him thoroughly. It makes little sense to ignore the solitary life that continues to impact you in eternity if his claims are true. Now, this tweet had many replies, and some people pointed out in commenting that there are so many religions out there that offer ideas that are different from the Christian worldview. So how do we determine which is true? Now, today we are going to do some investigating on Mormon claims about who Jesus is, and through this process, we will look into why those claims are false and compare it to what Scripture says. Now, before we dig into deep into this, I want to share just a resource that I'm using with you guys. Um, If you guys don't have this book already on Mormonism, you definitely should get Mormonism 101. And that's written by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Um, Most of what I'm referencing throughout this episode today is going to be stuff that I've learned from that book over the years. Uh, They're super, super good authors. They've really done an excellent job on tackling um, Mormon apologetics in the Christian community. Um, they also have another book called the, the Mormon Scrapbook, and they have had multiple editions of that where they keep adding more and more to it, where it's kind of like a glossary of terms in Mormonism, where they also dive deeper and they break down specific terms and definitions that most people wouldn't recognize on the surface level using Mormon theology. So be sure to check out those books. We'll make sure to include those in links for you later. Um, but getting into this topic, I wanted to start off with a quote, actually, from the Mormon prophet and president, Gordon B. Hinckley. Now, when he was asked about the claim that Mormons believe in the traditional Jesus, the same as Christians, he responded in saying, the traditional Christ of whom they speak is not the Christ of whom I speak. Pretty powerful stuff, right? Coming from the prophet, I guess, of Mormon theology. Because for those of you who may not know this, whoever the modern day Mormon prophet and president is, that person is the leader of the church in the sense that they also get to prophesy anything as doctrine. They really can. And not only that, in Mormon theology, they also teach that whoever the latest prophet is, whatever prophecy that they share, if it is counter to a prior prophecy, the newer one is the prophecy that is the most true and should be followed, which doesn't make sense for something to be true because it would mean that God's word is changing if you have a prophet that keeps on changing doctrine. So it's just a whole mess uh, 
of prophecy. And if you want to get further into that, we have past episodes on the Mormon church and prophecy and false prophecies that did not come to pass. Uh, but continuing on with this, again, Gordon B. Hinckley, he was the modern day prophet at the time. And he said, the traditional Christ of whom they speak is not the Christ of whom I speak in reference to the Christian idea of Jesus. So there is obviously a history of Mormon leaders even acknowledging that Christians do not believe in the traditional Jesus that they believe in, or Mormons do not believe in the traditional Jesus that Christians believe in. So obviously they have, one of us has a counterfeit Jesus. Two things cannot be true. We cannot both be right in this instance. So, digging deeper into this, we're going to talk about some key theological ideas that Mormons have about Jesus, starting with the virgin birth. Now, with the virgin birth, Jesus' mom is kind of where this comes into play with what happened with how Mary became uh, pregnant with the Son of God, right? So, Mormons have a skewed idea of Jesus contrary to to scripture in this point where many prophets, including Joseph Smith, made repeated statements in their prophetic writings that Jesus was physically conceived by Elohim, which is God, through the actual physical act of God having sex with Mary. Now, isn't that shocking? And now here, I, I have some sources here, some quotes just for reference for you guys, if you don't believe me. Now, it says, Brigham Young said in the Journal of Discourses in volume 1-8, he said this, When the Virgin Mary conceives Jesus, the Father had begotten him in his own likeness. He was not begotten by the Holy Ghost. What a learned idea, Jesus, our elder brother, was begotten in the flesh by the same character who was in the Garden of Eden and who is our Father in heaven. And then Brigham Young also said in Journal of Discourses 1141, the man Joseph, the husband of Mary, did not, that we know of, have more than one wife, but Mary, the wife of Joseph, had another husband. Brigham Young who was the successor to Joseph Smith, he affirmed in Journal of Discourses that the virgin birth was not conceived by the Holy Spirit and was rather physically conceived by God. And he even goes as far as to say that Mary was married to God as her husband, that Elohim was her husband. That's what he's claiming. He says the man Joseph didn't who was the husband of Mary, did not have more than one wife, but Mary, the wife of Joseph, had another husband. What do you think he meant by that? Of course, he meant that God, Elohim, was husband to Mary. And that's how Mary conceived Jesus. And now, obviously, this is super contrary to what Scripture teaches, but we're going to continue on with other points, and then we're going to go back to the Christian idea of these topics just to provide for their clarity. But moving on with this, Mormons also have a skewed idea of Jesus's divinity and his personhood. Mormons believe, as you may have gathered from Brigham Young, that Jesus is the spiritual brother of all of us in humanity who came to earth as the rest of us have, and then he one day became a god through his works. Now, the Mormon apostle Russell M. Nelson said in a conference speech, uh, and I quote, that Jesus attained perfection following 
his resurrection, is confirmed in the Book of Mormon. It records the visit of the resurrected Lord to the people of ancient America. There, he repeated the important injunction previously cited, but with one very significant addition. He said, I would that ye should not be perfect, even as I or your father who is in heaven is perfect. From 3 Nephi 1248. Now this time he listed himself along with his father as a perfected personage. Previously, he had not. Now, this is absolutely crazy. This quote by Russell M. Nelson. He he was a Mormon apostle again. He was saying this in a conference speech. Just absolutely mind-boggling. He said in this statement, and he's just affirming what the Book of Mormon teaches, but this is obviously also throughout the Book of Mormon, and they would believe that as he cited in um, in that quote, he cited 3 Nephi 1248, which is a Mormon book. Um, what's interesting is that Russell Nelson here, he is claiming that Jesus obtained perfection, that he was not born perfect, but that he had to work for it. And he wasn't born a God, but he was born just like you and me. And what had actually had happened is that Jesus, according to Mormon doctrine, had come to ancient America to preach the gospel to Native Americans in ancient America. And through this process, he shared the gospel with them and worked to obtain salvation and eventually become his own God of his own world. That is the doctrine being taught in Mormonism. Super crazy. So just to provide further context with this, it, it just, you see all throughout scripture, I mean, throughout Mormon scripture, Mormon passages in the Book of Mormon, you see that they teach this over and over and over again, this false idea that Jesus was not born perfect. And, but they even go a stretch further into teaching that Jesus and Lucifer, the devil, are literally brothers that are born physically and spiritually by God who were rivals with each other, according to this quote that I'm going to read for, for you guys. And this is from... Uh, Milton R. Hunter, he's another uh, Mormon apologist here. It says, The appointment of Jesus to be the Savior of the world was contested by one of the other sons of God. He was called Lucifer. This spirit brother of Jesus desperately tried to become the Savior of mankind. So, again, that quote kind of just summarizes all of Mormon's doctrines teaching where they teach that Lucifer attempted to try and become the savior. And in doing so, he's also talking about how Jesus and the devil are actual physical born brothers under God. And that's just absolutely ridiculous because Jesus was not, Jesus created Lucifer right? And we're going to, again, I'm going to keep going through these points and we will break them down and just absolutely um, disprove all of these using scripture. And that way you guys can have a better understanding of where they're coming from. But I'm just trying to give you guys <clears throat> this picture that this is clearly counter to what the Bible teaches. I mean, just to start off um, clearly with these biblical references, we see in John 1.1 that Jesus and the Father are one and the same, right? 
uh, it literally says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Right? And that's talking about Jesus. Jesus was there present with God in creation because he is God. And that's, that's all throughout scripture. And so this is an absolutely uh, crazy idea that comes from Mormon doctrine. And it's a very counterfeit idea about who Jesus is. And now, again, if you look back at some of our older episodes, you can get more information on this topic, uh, but there's even overwhelming evidence and counter evidence that has since been discovered that the whole ancient America um, trip that Jesus had made that's described by Joseph Smith and in the Book of Mormon never existed. And you can see that it never existed through this evidence by how Joseph Smith uh, mentions specific um, very specific details that had of things that had not been invented yet, certain animal species that were not even living in America during the time that Joseph Smith claimed they live in the Book of Mormon. So just tons of issues there. So if you want more context to the historical side of that, uh, you can look back at our prior episodes. But let's get into uh, now breaking down these false ideas using scripture. So Christianity teaches these key things about Jesus that are counter- to Mormonism, okay? So again, just backtracking to the virgin birth, right? So in scripture, we get as Christians that Jesus was born of a virgin, right? Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary, and he was conceived spiritually through the Holy Spirit, not physically as the Mormon doctrine teaches. So just a super skewed idea of who Jesus is. In, uh, just from the moment of his birth. And personally, I think if you get the idea of Jesus's birth wrong, which is literally the first moment of his life, then how are you going to uh, trust their theology with the rest of him, right? That's kind of the way I look at it in a grander scheme of things. But just to break this down, I'm going to read a passage really quick that just affirmed this. Again, we can see in Matthew 1.18 about Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary. It says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, how can she be with child from the Holy Spirit if Jesus was physically impregnated into Mary by God? Of course that didn't happen. That's what I'm trying to point out to you guys. Is this just logically does not make sense based on what we see in Scripture. And the thing is, is Mormons still claim that they believe in Scripture. They have their own version of the Bible. They believe that the most true version is the King James Version. However, they do have the Bible as one of their doctrines. They will claim that the Bible is Scripture. They would say that the Book of Mormon trumps that. However, they would still claim that the Bible is Scripture. Now, if a Mormon reads this and they think, how does that make sense? It, it, it just baffles me. So, just again, remembering that verse is super important into knowing and understanding that the virgin birth happened through the Holy Spirit as according to Matthew 1.18. Now, digging deeper into some of those claims from earlier, Jesus is God in the flesh, right? 
Jesus is God in the flesh. And that's something that Mormons don't understand in their theology. They believe that he is the son of God, of course, but not that he is literally God. Jesus was born God. They would claim that he is God now, that he is a God, but they would not claim that he is the God. They do not believe in the Trinity. So, uh, we get this idea of Jesus being God in the flesh through tons of different passages. Now, obviously, I just read to you guys John 1.1, 1, 1, which, again, that just affirms that Jesus being the Word, uh, who is with God and who was God, was present during the time of creation. Jesus was there, and he was present in, in creating everything, right? And with that, we also have other passages where Jesus claims uh, to be one with the Father, right? In John ten thirty, he literally says, "I and the Father are one." Uh, and and then there's just other passages that where this just goes on, and we could we could go all day in going through different claims where Jesus um, claimed to be one with the Father. Uh, but with that, we also have John seventeen twenty one that says that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the word may believe that you have sent me. And those are Jesus' own words, right? Jesus, in his own words, said, be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. I am one with you, and you are one with me. Isn't that astounding? That's, that's saying that they are equals, right? That they are equals, the Father and the Son. And I don't know about you guys, but I, if it were up to me, I would personally take the word of the guy who literally rose from the dead about who he claimed he was, right? Shouldn't we be trusting his own words over people who came thousands of years after him and made statements about who he is and how he was born into this world and who he is as a, in a spiritual being, as an entity. No, I'm not going to buy the Mormon idea. When we can clearly see in scripture that Jesus was born God, right? That he is in the Father and the Father is in him. Now, continuing with that, the astounding part of this is it also defeats that argument that Lucifer is the brother of Jesus, right? Because Lucifer being an angel, as we can clearly see all throughout scripture, a fallen angel was created by Jesus. Lucifer was created by Jesus along with the rest of the angels. Therefore, he is not Jesus's brother, it's just, it's absolutely amazing that we can see this all throughout scripture. And it makes sense. It makes sense. So at Romans 11, uh, 36, I'm going to read that passage to you guys right now. Romans eleven thirty six. it says, for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Right? All things came from him and through him and to all him are all things. That includes angels, right? That includes angels. Jesus was present at creation in creating the angels. So just super crazy uh, passage. And then we, we have another one here that I want to read to you guys. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, 
who through all things exist and through whom we exist. The Apostle Paul is affirming this idea that through Jesus we exist. One Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things exist and through whom we exist. That is super abundantly clear. Now, the interesting thing about this is, so obviously he created all things, right? And so the idea about Lucifer is that he was a created thing by God, right? And everything that God initially created, that Jesus God created, was good at creation. However, some of the angels rebelled, right? They rebelled against God. And that is the origin of Satan that we know from scripture, not that he is Jesus's brother. Uh, the rebellion is very important in this aspect. Uh, it says, uh, I'm going to read another passage for you guys in second Peter. This is second Peter two, four. I'm going to pull this up right now. Second Peter two, four, it says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, right? Angels were fallen, which led them to becoming demons, right? That is exactly what happened to Lucifer. And I'm going to read another passage for you guys. And this is 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8 says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, that paints a picture, right? Lucifer was an angel who had fallen, and he was rebelling against God. He was created in perfection as all things were created. Uh, he was created perfect is what I'm meaning to say, just as the rest of God's creation. However, he was given the free will to rebel. So that completely shatters the idea of Mormons and where they get their theology from the beginning that Lucifer is the physical brother of Jesus. Now, I'm going to continue on with further uh, ex explanations here and breaking down of the Mormon idea of Jesus with Jesus being eternally perfect, right? Because as we read one of the last quotes um, just a bit ago, it had said that Jesus had to obtain perfection, that he wasn't born perfect. And that's, of course, that is very consistent with Mormon doctrine, and it's very unfortunate. So uh, just to dig deeper into this, um, I'm going to provide scripture context about Jesus being eternally perfect. And I think the book of Hebrews is exactly where we should be looking. Now I'm going to start with Hebrews uh, 2.10 says, for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist and bring many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Look at that. He said all things exist through him, right? Again, I'm going to read another passage and this is uh, Hebrews 5, 9. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Eter the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him because he was made perfect, being made perfect in the flesh, Jesus, not being made imperfect and one day obtaining perfection to become his own God. No, that is completely counter to what 
scripture teaches. Uh, again, Hebrews 7, 28, I'm going to read that passage for you guys. It says, for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints the son who has been made perfect forever. Made perfect forever. It does not get any clearer than that. It makes complete sense. He was made perfect forever. And now, this is just really important, you guys, because Jesus is the the crux. The He is the foundation of our salvation. He is the foundation of our belief system. That's why it is so important that we break down these ideas of counterfeit Jesuses that are out there because Christianity hinges on this. Christianity hinges on the person of Jesus. And so you guys, we really need to make sure that we are paying attention whenever people are making these false claims that are counter to what scripture says about who Jesus is and about who Jesus says he is personally. Now, again, I think the guy, if the guy who rose from the dead is making claims about who he is, we should probably listen carefully and take him at his word. Now, uh, this is just absolutely astounding. And I hope that this, uh, again, I'm just going to reiterate these points. Uh, Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary spiritually, and we get that from Matthew 1.18. Jesus is God in the flesh, and we get that from John 1.1, John 10.30, John 17.21. There's many passages where we go about that. Um, And then Lucifer was a created being, right? He was not the physical brother of Jesus. And we see that all throughout Scripture. And lastly, Jesus has been eternally perfect since the beginning. He was eternally perfect in the past, and he will eternally be perfect in the future. He is eternally perfect because he is God. Now, this is so important for us in our salvation because uh, for Jesus to not have been born perfect, it makes him exactly in the same position as the rest of us. We had to have God come down and save us because we, no man, no human being, no true human being could overcome our sin that we are cursed with to get to that point of perfection. And Jesus, and God knew that. That's why he sent his son to live the perfect life, to set an example for us and show us who he is and die for us. Take on our sin for us. Now, that is absolutely crucial to the Christian faith. And it's something that we as Christians should not take lightly. And we need to make a stand whenever we see false claims being talked about with Jesus. And now there's tons of different ways to go about this. And now I want to clarify with you guys, this this episode is not particularly the apologetic method into how you would approach this with Mormons. Uh, however, what the purpose is for this episode is for you guys to understand that there are false ideas out there being taught about Jesus, and we cannot, cannot give in to them. We need to focus on what Scripture says about who Jesus is and what Jesus says about himself, because it, there's just so many lies in this culture, and we talked about it a bit last week, actually, on the podcast about um, just lies that people are spreading all throughout culture that it makes it difficult to decipher from uh, from all of it and just to figure out what the truth really is. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. 
I really hope that this episode has been an encouragement to you. If you could please go on our social media platforms and follow us online, uh, that would just be great. So that way we could get, um, get you guys growing on our social media platform. We have um, we're present all over online. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter now. Uh, we are on Facebook and we are on YouTube. And just a disclaimer for you guys. Uh, I don't know how many of you watch normally on YouTube, but for this week, um, I personally had a issue with the audio, which is why there will not be a YouTube video. It had to be done separately. But continuing on next week and going on through the series, we will be back on YouTube. Uh, But please make sure that you are subscribed to us on that channel. We are going to be producing more content on there in the future. Also, if you are not already, please join us on Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group on Facebook. All you have to do is leave us a review on the podcast app, or you can leave us a review on our Facebook page and just let us know. Then you can ask to join the group, and then we'll just verify that you left us a review, and then we will let you join the group. And it's just a pretty cool community of people that talk about apologetics, ask thought-provoking questions, and sometimes we even give exclusive content to insiders. So you may want to make sure you're a part of that. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for being with me here today on Christ Culture and Coffee. And Robbie and I will both be back here next week as we continue in our series on Counterfeit Jesus. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.